Apple this week sort of surprised us by dropping the all-new, never-before-seen original HomePod. Okay, so it does do some pretty cool new smart home things, and obviously it's at a more reasonable price point, right? Nope. Looks like we're going to have to wait until the third generation HomePod for that one. Let's get into it. Greetings, Internet. My name is Dustin, and this is the My HomeKit Home Podcast. And here we look at the smart home with an Apple Home and accessibility focus. That's right, folks. We HomeKit aficionados can rejoice over the old new HomePod that Apple revealed earlier this week. I joke, but it's actually not a bad device, but it is a little bit strange, and we'll get into why I think so shortly. We'll also look at a couple of new, fairly unique Apple Home products coming our way, and then we'll wrap up today's episode with a discussion discussion on HomeKit product categories. Now before we start chewing on this new HomePod, do me a favor and leave us a rating and review. It goes a long way to helping new listeners find our podcast and helps us to keep making it. Alrighty then, so pre-orders for the second generation HomePod are live and you can get yours for the low, low price of just $299. And this is my first issue with the new HomePod. I might be completely misguided here, but it seems to me that the reason the first generation failed was because of its high price. I really do feel that more people would be receptive to the HomePod Biggie if its price point were more around the $199 or even $250 mark, and so hopefully this doesn't cause the second generation to go the way of the original. Now, in terms of the outward appearance of the new HomePod, it does seem to look exactly like the original. Obviously, I can't see the marketing photos, and often this doesn't reflect exactly what we get IRL. However, the only real difference seems to be that the top touch display on the new version extends all the way to the edges. It also comes in the same two colors as the original, except this time we get midnight instead of space gray. While apparently the marketing photos and videos make it look exactly the same, it's possible that this new midnight color does have a bluish purplish tinge to it like the new MacBook Airs. First, the new HomePod is rocking the S7 chip, which is the same SoC that we see in the Apple Watch. Now this should be a bit faster than the S5 chip which is used in the HomePod Mini. It'll be interesting to see how it stacks up against the original HomePod which uses the A-series chip from the iPhone. Now according to Apple they've redesigned the acoustics and I really have no doubt that it'll sound pretty good but it does have two fewer tweeters and two fewer microphones than the original version. So we'll have to see if these new changes make a difference against the original HomePod or if Apple was able to make up for it with their computational audio. While Apple did yank some things out of the smart speaker, they added or are at least taking advantage of some other components. First, the new HomePod is capable of scanning and recognizing smoke and CO alarms in your home and sending you notifications to your other Apple devices anywhere in the world. This is something I've wanted for a long while and it's nice to finally see it. Hopefully they'll expand upon this in the future recognizing other abnormal sounds like glass breaking, dogs barking, or even babies crying. Apple has also added or has given access to the HomePod's temperature and humidity sensors. Again, this is a really nice addition and does bring some added value to this smart home essential. Unfortunately, and it kind of makes sense, Apple does state that these sensors can become unreliable when using the HomePod for its primary purpose over an undefined extended period of time. 
Apple also touted that the new HomePod supports Matter, though they didn't mention, at least in the press release anyway, that it also has a thread border router. And this brings me to another strange thing that I noticed, at least in the marketing material. As far as I can tell, aside from the sound recognition and beefed up SOC and obvious audio experience, there aren't a ton of differences between the Biggie and the Mini. Now don't get me wrong, it's great to see a larger HomePod again, and it's not a bad option for your smart home, but if you already have some of the originals or even some of the Minis, I don't see this as really being one of those upgrade situations. This, especially since one of its more touted features, the climate sensors, will be exposed to HomePod minis in iOS 16.3, along with the second attempt at the revamped HomeKit architecture. Now, I'm still undecided as to whether I'll actually pick one up, since I don't have a room that needs a HomePod, and all of my minis and originals are working just fine. Now, with all this being said, it does look like our existing HomePods will also be getting some new features with the HomePod Mini having its temperature and humidity sensors exposed to HomeKit, as well as some remastered ambient sounds, which will now be able to be added to HomeKit scenes and automations. I'm super excited to check this out, and I'll probably end up making a video on it, so stay tuned for that. Like I said, you can order yours now for $2.99 in the U.S. and they should show up at your home and in-store on February 3rd. Okay, so now on to something maybe a little bit more interesting and that's Yale's all-new HomeKit-enabled SmartSafe. What's that? You didn't think that there was a product category for smart safes in HomeKit? Well, there's not. It actually shows up in HomeKit as just your standard lock. On paper, it seems like a pretty nice safe with a whole slew of anti-theft hardware features and TUFA and biometric authentication on the software side. I really like the idea of a HomeKit-enabled safe and even more like to see unique integrations of standard HomeKit product categories, but there are a few things, again on paper, that make me a bit hesitant about this smart safe. First, it's not fire nor water resistant. Sure, it's got a bunch of features that keep unwanted people from getting into it, but I would have liked to have seen at least fire resistance added to it, especially for the price, and that's my second concern. Coming in at a hefty $299, it's not exactly an inexpensive investment. Again, I say these things without actually having tested it, so there's that. Both the Bluetooth and Wi-Fi models are available now through the Yale Home website, and I'll leave links down in the show notes. Like I said, I'm a huge fan of unique integrations of standard product categories, and it looks like SmartMe may be blowing up this year with the introduction of their new Smart Standing Fan. While fans are nothing new in HomeKit with a few different ceiling-mounted models floating around out there, the idea of a standing fan is definitely a bit of a novelty. The SmartMe Air Circulator Fan doesn't just give us on-off functionality or even smart speed adjustment. No, it's way cooler than that. Not only does it oscillate horizontally, which is usually the case for most standing fans, it also pushes air around vertically, seemingly creating a full room cooling solution. If that weren't breezy enough for you, the fan can be moved to just about any area of your home thanks to the onboard rechargeable battery. It will also supposedly come with its own remote control for the not-so-home-kit-enthused people in your life. While availability is still unknown at this point, it looks like it'll come in at around $250 when and if it actually hits the market. I will definitely be keeping my eye on this one, especially considering that it's the middle of the winter and I'm still having to use my AC. 
These two new products from Yale and SmartMe are a prime example of manufacturers taking smart home devices a step further. Someone else who also takes things a step further is ExpressVPN when it comes to your online privacy and security. Regardless of what it is you use the internet for, you should be in charge of who can and cannot see that and ExpressVPN has got your back here. With 256-bit AES encryption and a strict no-log policy, ExpressVPN locks down your browsing whether you're at home or out and about on public Wi-Fi networks. They've also got you covered on just about any device, and with more than 500 servers in nearly 100 countries, you can stream all sorts of content from all corners of the globe. I've been protecting my own internet surfing with ExpressVPN for years now and recommended it even before they became a partner. And now you, as a My Home Kit Home podcast listener, can get three free months of ExpressVPN by going to expressvpn.com slash myhomekithome. Lock down your internet browsing and unlock a world of streaming content. Head over to expressvpn.com slash myhomekithome for more information. So honestly, it's been a hot minute since we've gotten new product categories in HomeKit. Matter will soon change all of that, but for now, we have to rely on the ingenuity of manufacturers to use existing services and characteristics in non-standard ways. The first instance that I can think of of this happening was with Vocalink's Flower Buds Smart Essential Oil Diffuser. Oil diffusers are not a product category in HomeKit, but humidifiers are, and Vocalink jumped on that to great success. Another example of this is with Smart Lamps. Lamps aren't necessarily a supported HomeKit product category in and of themselves, but lights are, and manufacturers have created some pretty interesting applications, from Santala's desk lamp, which has a built-in Qi charger, to Vocalink's floor lamp, which is essentially an RGBIC light strip enveloped in a light diffuser. Air conditioners themselves also aren't product categories in HomeKit, but thermostats are, and GE built that into their line of smart AC window units, which is pretty ingenious if you ask me. I've often wondered why device makers aren't doing more of this, especially when it comes to fans. Why aren't there HomeKit-enabled desk and floor fans? Hunter makes a number of ceiling fans that work in Apple Home, and they do seem pretty decent if a bit pricey, so why not add this functionality to something that's a little bit more portable? The only thing that I can come up with is that the necessary investment in R&D outweighs the potential ROI. GE is the only manufacturer that I'm aware of who's putting thermostats into standalone AC units. Hunter is the only one that I'm aware of who's adding HomeKit functionality to ceiling fans. These are two huge companies that can afford to take the financial risk and the potential hit. I'm also pretty sure that it's not an issue of consumer demand since there are a number of aftermarket smart IR blasters that can control ACs and fans, though I'm pretty sure that people aren't exactly clamoring for connected mini splits and desk fans. The interweb is full of examples of genius thinkers and makers adapting off-the-shelf HomeKit accessories to do things that they weren't initially intended to. Apple themselves even acknowledged this a few years back, opening up the platform to hobbyists and weekend tinkers. There's obviously a lot that goes into the development and maintenance of a smart home product, and I'm sure that there are aspects that I can't even fathom, but I can't help but think that there's still a significant amount of wiggle room when it comes to cleverness in these devices. 
I say this not as an engineer nor developer, but we do see these cases all over the place. Whether it on the software end of the spectrum with Aaron Pierce's amazing suite of HomeKit apps, or with the seemingly now defunct KuGeek Smart Padlock, or Maris Smart Outdoor Dimmer Plug on the hardware end, there's still a lot of room to explore even with the limited platform resources within HomeKit. Banner will definitely expand the types of devices that are admitted to the platform, and this is 100% welcome, but I can't help but think that device makers can squeeze a bit more out of what's already on the table, and I hope that other manufacturers continue to follow in the footsteps of the ones that are already doing so. Well, that's about all I have for today's episode. If you enjoyed it, let us know by leaving us a rating and review. Don't forget to check us out on YouTube and our various social media at My Home Kid Home, and you'll find links to those as well as all of the news articles and the different products that we mentioned in today's episode down in the show notes. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you in the next one. Take care. Take care.